We bring to you an emergency news announcement from the Arena Craft podcast, a show dedicated exclusively to Magic the Gathering Arena. I'm one of your news anchors, Arjuna. I'm joined today by our other co-anchor, Covert Go Blue. Briefly, how are you doing today, Covert Go Blue? I'm here! It's a tornado, it's ripping through the city, it's tearing everything up. We don't know what to do, but we're gonna bring you live coverage. Well, okay, it's not quite live, but it happened very recently, so we're bringing you breaking news from the battlefields of Standard. And to everybody's great surprise, nobody saw it coming. How could we ever have thought that this would happen? We have one card banned in Standard today. That is correct. There is exactly one card banned. Let's throw it to our reporter in the field, Covert Go Heal. Covert Go Heal, what's going on down there? Dude, Twitter is on fire! The internet is burning! It's all coming to an end. These are the end times. Videos with ban in the title are getting thousands of views. Clout is being farmed by gifts of wizards and the dog thing where the fire is going on. There are memes. There are memes everywhere. You look. What's happening? Back in the studio with Arjuna. Nobody saw this coming. What are we going to do about this? How are we going to build our decks moving forward? How are the big decks going to change? How are the, the remaining existing decks going to stay the same? I don't know, man. But, all right. <laughs> so, so... With all of that out of the way and out of our systems, let's just get it on the table. We have a Titanic banning in the form of Oro, Titan of Nature's Wrath, who has finally, probably about six months too late, been removed from our beloved standard format. In all seriousness, I don't think this comes to the surprise of anybody. I think we all knew that Oro was going to be like the fall guy, the first fall guy for the Omnath deck. I think Danny called it very well on our episode released earlier today, where he said that it would be highly unlikely that they would ban Omnath, because let's face it, it's the it's the headliner card in the set, man. They don't want to take down the headliner before it has a chance to sell those sweet, sweet packs. So here we are, Oro banned in the format. I, I don't know. Where, where do we start with this, CGB? Where do we start? I... So you're not surprised. You're you're pretty like accepting on this one. I, I I've heard that a lot. In fact, most people told me that it was just going to be Uro leading up to it. And after we recorded, you know, I was pretty much in agreement. Yeah, you know, hopefully they get rid of they'll get rid of Uro. They probably won't touch Omnath, and maybe if we're lucky, they'll hit the Clover. Well, if I'm lucky, not you. <laughs> but um. Then I watched the SCG coverage, and I watched back a little bit of the Japan Red Bull coverage on Sunday after we recorded, um, and it was it was a hard watch, and it was a dominating performance by Omnath, and we're talking about Omnath decks, many of them down to two euros. Some were Omnath Adventures, just Omnath in your Lucky Clover deck, no Uros whatsoever. Right, zero Uros in that deck. Zero Uros. And it was like one of the commentators, and this this is how bad it is. I don't I have never commentated a tournament, but I certainly view it as a very nice 
thing to get to do. And I very, I have a lot of respect for the people who commentate tournaments. Like they're people I look up to. I enjoy hearing their voices and hearing them talk about magic. And Todd Anderson, I believe, tweeted that it was the worst event he ever covered. Like that was the tweet. Like this was the worst thing I ever covered. Oh, damn. And it's like, you can't even, you can't blame Star City. Like, they're just putting out their stakes and a place for people to play competitive magic. And when you look at the standings and you see that 19, this was after like round five, and I think it was a six round event. I, I could be wrong on those exact details. It might have been round four with a five round event, but it's close, okay? And Crokey's was the one who pulled it up on stream. And 19 out of the top 21 decks in the standings were four color Omnath. You know what they weren't called? They weren't called four color Uro. They were called Four Color Omnath. Omnath. And just hearing great commentators like Cedric Phillips and Patrick Sullivan cover these matches, just digging for, hey, how, how are the Browns doing in, in American football? You know, <laughs> like, like just digging for anything to talk about. And when I watched that, and I just said to myself, this is worse than I ever even imagined when I said the card was broken. This is, this is worse than that, and it's only a week in. Like, this is the first set of serious events with the card. How could they not take action? How could they not? Like, I convinced myself it was that bad, and I still think it is. And that's why, that's why if you wanted to see a man unravel, you can watch my VOD from today. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to ask you about that, CGB, because I know that you're, you're kind of famous for logging on early when the bands get announced, right? You, do your, you usually do your Twitch stream in the early evening for you, but um, on these band announcement days, you tend to jump on, you know, pretty much as soon as you're ready to go. And uh, how did it unfold, my man? I, let me let me let me uh, rephrase the question. <laughs> How did you unfold? <laughs> oh man! Oh. So first of all, thank you. Uh, Fifteen hundred people watching a stream that wasn't even technically scheduled was pretty awesome. Um, so thank you to anybody who watched the show. And I I tried to just read the announcement straight. I'm like, I'm going to read it straight one time, and then I'm going to go through and we're going to nitpick. Okay. Because people people tune into me for the snark. They want the snark. They want the they want the salty comments, right? And I I was like on the last paragraph of the announcement, and I was just fuming, and I was hyperventilating, trying to just keep it together. And like everybody could see this, and I was like almost getting dizzy from breathing hard and just fire coming out of my eyes because there's a line in there in the in near the end of the announcement about how. Rotation is supposed to be this fun and exciting time to try new things. And that the ban they hoped would... Banning Uro was a move that they took quickly because they wanted to basically to make sure that our time with the new cards was fun and exciting. I just... I can't, man. I, I can't read that with a straight face because... There is one thing, one strategy, one card that is so obviously better than everything else and so obnoxious to play against and honestly extremely difficult to play with. So it is a total brain drain. Like, what am I supposed to do that's not Omnath if I care about anything? A tournament, 
mythic rank, success, even content. Like, what else am I supposed to do? And for them to, for them to put that in there just dug deep at me because it used to be true. It, this really was the best time of the year to try anything you wanted. And you usually had two or three weeks of here's the nonsense, but it was exciting. And Eldraine, welcome to Field of the Dead, Golos Oko, you know, and now this. Welcome to Omnath. Well, and I think one of the things that you're getting at is that the nonsense used to be like tier C fun stuff, right? And now mm-hmm. the nonsense is actually the S tier deck in the format. <laughs> and because it's just so much better. Like, yeah. what else are you supposed to do? Yeah, and I think one of the core tenets of magic, I think it's kind of an unwritten rule in magic that like the nonsense should be really fun when it goes off. It should be the kind of thing that Timmy Mages, you know, like or Johnny Mages stay up late at night dreaming about. It should go off every once in a while. You should feel really cool about it. And then you should go back to losing, you know, 60% of your games. Um, but when you're kind of just blow the roof off of the barn, nonsense is happening 60% of the time, and you're actually just playing the best deck in the format, that's fun for about, you know, seven minutes. And then everyone is just deeply, deeply over it. So, yeah, yeah that's, that's kind of one of the disparities that we're working with here. It's like, yeah, these cards are all fun. It's fun to watch big things go off you know, occasionally. And when it's every other game, it's just so obnoxious. It's just so tiresome. So yeah, I mean, okay. I was resigned to only an Oro ban, not because I thought that that was a good idea. (laughs) I think everybody agrees with that. (laughs) I was just resigned to it because I just knew that that was the only card that was going to get banned. I mean, like, I, I mean, I literally would have bet money on it. You know, I like... I I think if someone had offered me a bet, I would have put like hundreds of dollars on Oro being the only card that would get banned. It to me it just seemed so obvious that that was going to be the approach that was going to be taken. And mm-hmm. it's cynical, but there it is. And so I just kind of when it happened, it was just one long sigh from the Arjuna man. And then it was all right. This is the game, right? The the game that we now have to play, CGB, uh, in my opinion, the only interesting game of Magic that's going to be happening in Standard is how many weeks until Omnath gets banned. Oof. It's true. We, sh- we should probably attempt to give some notes on how to move on and what the Euro ban does do. But, I mean, what, what, are, you, what are you supposed to say? Mono Red gets a little better? It doesn't seem like it with Omnath. Um it seems like Uro was kind of a side effect beating Mono Red when there's Omnath gaining all that life. I think the biggest thing is that Rogues might be good. Uh, Uro was the biggest thing keeping people out of that archetype. I maintained. Yeah, it Rogues was gets fine. a big gain. Um, I also think that Control gets a big gain. Um, mm, so we'll see. I, I'm I'm not gonna say it's like a massive. You know, it's not like now control is playable whereas before it wasn't um but i just think that if you're trying to do like azorius things or demir things basically any non-green control deck against these omnath decks then i think that you just probably picked up a little bit of um ability to close in the mid to late game you don't have to you know you're not just forced to like 
jam for ECDs in your deck or run other awkward cards that might not work very well in your strategy just to try to definitively get rid of the Titan. So I don't know, like, am I, am I on the right track there about control? I'm nervous that control hasn't really solved it because they still, if you let one of Omnath's spells resolve, if you basically fail to have the right thing at the right time, you can't play. You just can't. And for me, that's always been a control challenge, but control used to be a viable archetype because it was hard to get under it. The threats and the over-the-top game-ending advantage accumulation snowballs didn't start on turn one, two, or three, but that's where we're at. Edgewall, Keeper, Lucky Clover, Lotus, Cobra. Like, if, if any of those go unchecked for a turn, you are already significantly behind. If any of it goes unchecked for two turns, you probably can't catch up. So, uh, I don't... I, I love control decks, and I'm going to keep trying to build them. But if you really care about being successful in laddering up or playing a tournament, I just don't see a world where they're the right choice. So you think that just the removal of Oro alone is not enough to put control in a better spot to play that long game grind? Um, yeah, uh, to in the short version is that's absolutely true. I don't think that Uro was the thing that completely stopped it. It was part of the nightmare scenario, but now you've got four other slots. They'll figure out what to do with them, and you're not going to like it. Yeah, I mean, it's true. It's like if you just fill those four slots with counter spells, then your matchup's probably back to being fairly good against control. Oh, if we look at the Omnath deck that won... The, the tournament of Omnath decks, it was a version that main deck negate and mystical dispute yeah. instead of Genesis ultimatums. Yeah. What and a I mean, big adjustment. That, I'm sure that didn't annoy anyone. That that makes sense because it's good in the mirror. So, yeah. you know, it's like, it's, it's, and I mean, you even hit random things like Embercleave, right? So um, all that, um, that game winning like Primal Might from your opponent. So, yeah, um, I think it's 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 very reasonable for these decks to just pivot and like you said they're already playing interaction and anticipating it. So, yeah, they they these decks just continue to have excellent game against the control decks. Um it is kind of rough and I think Danny made a really excellent point on our episode before where he was saying that one of the decks that gets hit the hardest with the Oro banning actually isn't even an Omnath deck. It's just like these Sultai lists, right? Because <laughs> I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they finally removed the last reason to play green in control decks and standard, right? Um, that did happen, yes. Yeah, because, you know, it's like for a while we had Nyssa, we had Krasis. Um, you could build a pretty good control shell around those cards because they just did so much for you. Um, and the combination of Oro and Krasis and some of these other things were getting you the gas that you needed to keep playing <laughs> a cogent control plan. So one of the one of the patterns these decks have been relying on for a while is you do a number of one for one trades. You run your removal. Maybe you run some counter magic. Maybe you run some hand disruption with the understanding that none of it's quite good enough. 
it's just kind of maintaining you. But then it's okay because you're just gassing your graveyard up. And so you turn all of those cards into an Uro. And when you do that a couple of times in a grindy game of Magic, that's often enough to win. So that was kind of like the that was the staying power that these Sultai decks had. And <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is classic, dude. This might be my most liked tweet ever. Okay, I feel bad for the people who can't see it, but yeah, I just yeah, I re- just busted re- Arjuna up. Tell tell us tell us what you just posted for me to look at here. It's a screen share of something that I tweeted that one of my mods made for me, and it's a screen capture, and it shows the standings in the FCG tournament, and it's after round four, and it's the top 19. So 19 decks are displayed. 18 of them are four-color Omnath in in ninth. In, sitting in ninth place is Gabriel Nicholas, the hero, with Sultai Control. So one deck out of the top 19 is Sultai Control. And the meme job done by my awesome mod and longtime uh, viewer, Holy, um, is that there is an X through the Sultai Control, thanks to the Wizards logo, with the voice balloon jobs done. <laughs> and a pile of money. <laughs> so they killed Sultai Control by banning Uro, but all the Omnath decks remain. And now there is no other archetype in the top 19 yep yep and i mean you know let's let's call it like it is it 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 really does signal the death of an archetype in standard which has been fairly dominant to be honest for the at least the last six months um and always a respectable thing to be considering doing before then so yeah i think that it's highly likely that you're just not going to see another control deck playing green for a long time in standard unless you know maybe the next sets give us more reasons to do so so rip rip sultai control i suppose you know you had your fun last format if you liked that archetype so there you go anybody who enjoyed uro has probably literally cast uro more than any other card that in, in that period of time, because you just, that's the plan of the deck. You just cast it over and yeah. over and over. So hopefully you had fun. Got your mythic worth. And I mean, you know, let's be real. Oro is a very, very fun card to play with. And I think anyone who's ever put Oro in one of their decks has that amazing feeling of, oh, look, I get to cast Oro on turn three. Oh, look, I get to escape Oro on turn seven. So. I'm going to give the card, you know, good fun points. Like, it's a very fun card. It's very enjoyable to play with. It's extremely frustrating to play against. And, you know, just the effect on the meta is extremely frustrating. So, overall, not a fun card at all. But I can see why so many people enjoyed it. I myself enjoyed it. I mean, it, it is. It's just a fun card to cast. I'm just, there it is. It's a fun card to cast. But um, everything else about it absolutely sucks. And it's dominating, you know, formats most of the way down, right? So if you're trying to play modern right now, if you're trying to play Pioneer, um, I don't know about Legacy and Vintage, but it's just showing up everywhere. And it's a bummer, man. It's a big freaking bummer. So, so, I mean, yes, it definitely, Oro had it coming for a long time. There's no doubt about that. Um, I thought that the point you made about mono red was interesting because that is 
a deck which historically has basically just scooped to a resolved Uro. Like, these Gruel lists and these Mono Green lists can sometimes get around it. They can sometimes Primal Might it. You, 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 you know, have some recourse against a resolved Uro. But these red decks are basically like, once Uro hits the field... I don't know, if you don't have like some lethal Torbrand Embercleave turn on the following turn, you're just probably woefully low percentage to win that game. Um, unfortunately, I think these mono-red decks just aren't very good. So <laughs> that's kind of a shame. I don't think the banning of Aura is going to change that. Um, I don't know. Like a, what... card that, a card that definitely gets more awkward is Claim the Firstborn, which oh, yeah. was both a main deck and sideboard hit for red decks Absolutely. Uh, against Uro. And yeah. now that Hydroid Crisis is also gone, it seems like Claim, as well as just the Witch's Oven strategy being nuked, like Claim is as low as it's ever been right now in standard. And a card that now swings up because you don't worry about Uro as much is Thundering Rebuke, which is four damage to a target. So red damage, red mages uh, can blast their way through an Omnath with a good, clean two-mana play and only be behind by a card and probably four life. Seems decent. And maybe five <laughs> mana and another five cards from an Escape to the Wilds or a Kenrith that got cast for free. Something like that. You know, it's just good, clean, good, clean magic. Good, clean magic the way Garfield intended. So let's talk about the aggro matchup a little bit here um, because, you know, Oro has been traditionally very, very good against aggro. Um, I think it's, you know, I, I do agree with, like Danny said, that. Oro was often, I mean, the the front side of Oro was often a lot harder for aggro in this format than the back side, mostly because if aggro was getting to the point in the game where the Omnath player would consider casting an Oro from the graveyard, it was probably they'd just already lost. Like, it wasn't necessarily that Oro was winning the game, it was just that the game had gone long enough that the aggro player didn't have much of a shot in the game anyway. So I think that my read on it is that aggro decks should mostly be considering now that these these Omnath decks might not be gaining a little bit of extra life in the early turns of the game. Um, <laughs> it is kind of nice that another annoying play pattern out of these these Omnath decks was that they would cast like a Genesis Ultimatum and randomly pick up three or six life from a couple of copies of Uro. So it's nice to not have that life in a can so much, but of course they do just still gain so much life off of Omnath. So I don't know, like, do you think it's changing the math for these aggro matchups? Like, do you think it's shaving off a turn? Do you think it's giving people the chance to deliver lethal in a way that they couldn't before? It depends how people use their Uro slots. And I think that a general assumption that people are going to do is grab something like cultivate and if they are if they are keeping the euro spot a ramp spot then it does help the aggro decks because it is in many situations minus three life on the math that they have to deal so that would be good also the inevitability isn't the same when you know eventually euros coming back however Things get a lot hairier if, when the Omnath players use those spots for interaction, um, any kind of removal or other big bodies that must be navigated, 
things like that. Because now maybe you maybe your robbers of the rich come down on turn two with haste and they only get in one punch, you know. They, like a 2-2 that can't attack through on the ground because the opponent put a love-struck beast into play isn't very effective. So it depends what they do with the spots. And I'm going to throw that one. If you are an Uro, if you are an Omnath deck who thinks they have inevitability and maybe run like Terror of the Peaks, consider just put in love-struck beast, block twice, then do the Omnath thing. I mean, that's not bad. I, I was going to say, yeah, the uh, the Terror of the Peaks plan gets a lot worse without Uro. And so if you're running one of those decks, I, I kind of agree. You probably do want to replace that with another high power creature, whether it's the Beast or even Bonecrusher Giant. That's a fine card on both sides. Um, I would say also the adventure creatures got better because there used to be a tension. You wanted your spells to go to the graveyard so that Uro could eat them. And now there's nothing to really... You don't really want to do that at all anyway because Rogues fills your graveyard, gets bonuses if that deck does actually show up now. So now the adventure cards really have no drawbacks, whereas I used to be reluctant to play them next to Uro. Now it's like, all right, Bone Crusher... Raisin Borrower, Lovestruck Beast, just go in everything. They're, st- they're definitely still among the best cards in Standard, and now they're not meaningless value, whereas Uro made a lot of value meaningless because you were just drawing fresh cards and gaining life and making 6 sixes. Now picking up a 1-1 one, one with a Lovestruck Beast might be value that matters. Having a 4-3 from a Bone Crusher Giant is probably value that matters. So I, I think those cards get a lot better. I totally agree there. Yeah, I totally agree there. And I also think, you know, Brazen Borrower takes a small downtick because that was a reasonable way to get a, a stuck RO off the board. Um, not that big of a deal, though. Still an excellent card. Um, God, there was some other point that I wanted to make there, and it just left my mind. Oh, well, I'll, I'll reach for it, see if it comes back. Um, but yeah, it's... Yeah, I agree. The, the adventure creatures are just... Excellent. I think that they're going to stay really relevant. Basically, yeah, for as long and the, as they're in standard. And it doesn't feel like the format changes dramatically. Just a few card choices. Demir Rogue still has to counter Omnath and then proceed to win the game with a few well-placed counters and a good clock. And Embercleave decks have to do Embercleave things, but now maybe they run Thundering Rebuke to deal four damage to Omnath and limit the damp how much that card can do and adventures is still really freaking nuts yeah adventures with omnath is just like that's that's scary times man um i think that that's a really smart choice that people have been making because omnath just does everything that that deck wants to do i mean that was already an escape to the wilds deck so Mm -hmm. throwing an omnath and it's also just a kind of a wild deck that makes a lot of mana and and does a lot of things with the mana anyway so i think the the hit to the mana base isn't as rough as it would have been in some other decks a little bit like the um the escape to the no the um wilderness reclamation decks of the past it was like it wasn't that much of a stretch for them to play a fourth color because it was yeah. just kind of in keeping with what the deck was doing anyway to just get to fairy in there right yeah that's and it. and when you when you play omnath with the adventure cards, it actually solves a lot of issues for that deck mm. because the explosion of mana makes your Fey of Wishes granted almost free. And you yeah. have all this mana to cast the cards you fetch. It's kind of disgusting. And one of the weaknesses of that deck 
was that it didn't gain life easily. Had to have like a shadow spear in the sideboard, yeah, right. That's and there it. was this tension. Nah, Omnath says you get four life a turn, easy. Yeah. Oh, one more thing. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen what a giant killer with lucky clover does to mono green? Oh my god, that's that's nightmarish. <laughs> Jeez, that's filthy. Because that's that is really one of the only playable white adventure creatures. So, yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. Um, this all reminded me of of a point that I wanted to make earlier when I brain farted, which is that um, there are a couple of cards that do get a little bit worse now that Oro is out of the format. So, for example, there were decks that used to any deck that used to run Oro might run for Fabled Passage, and that's still going to be a very relevant card in the meta. <laughs> but you're probably going to want want to run Fable Passage for just to power up your Cobra or for other reasons because you know you you don't need to fill your graveyard anymore. Um, same thing with um, Roiling Regrowth. I think that was a card which people were considering because it gave you an extra land in the yard to power up the Oro. We might just see a, a kind of a unilateral switch to Cultivate. So there's just like a couple of cards to consider on that front. Although Fable Passage, you know, it's going to be okay. It's got all these landfall buddies now to make sure it stays relevant. So easy. Yeah. yeah. It's just, you know, I, I think like um, in general, like we were talking about earlier, there are a lot of these strategies like Shark Typhoon, right? You might be more likely to put Shark Typhoon in your deck because it, it gave you another card in the yard for Oro. You, you mm-hmm. just have to have another reason now to play Shark Typhoon, you know, but still a very good card. So. Yeah, I'm curious if Scavenging Ooze is still going to be mm. like the auto four of in Gruel and Green and some yeah. of these decks and the sideboard player that people wanted because obviously it was really nice when your control opponents just randomly threw a creature into their yard for you to eat and make your ooze better, but we'll see how that plays out. I I don't know what... Scavenging Ooze is always a good card. I don't know if it will still be like a great auto-include. I agree. Yeah, I totally agree. It felt like a pretty good exchange when your opponent played turn 3 Uro and you slammed your Scavenger and got some value out of it. It also felt really good to play a turn 2 Scavenger and kind of lock your opponent out from Uro or at least make them really have to think about that exchange and whether it was going to be worth it for them mm-hmm. so yeah definitely <laughs> definitely a lot of play there um i also don't i don't know if i'm going to be running tormod's crypt in the sideboard of my uh fair wishes decks anymore like really? no no respect for croxa no i'm not worried about croxa um like are that with okay with the death of oro is there like any scary graveyard synergy in standard at the moment the only one i can think of is elspeth conquers death and you're probably not bringing in graveyard removal just for that one man that card traumatized you huh (laughs) i mean i'm the kind of person who would but i (laughs) i wouldn't recommend it for other people okay zenith flare Mm, that's true yep people are still playing cycling surprisingly especially in play queue yeah like i play against probably 10 cycling decks in play queue for every one I play against in Mythic. So mm-hmm. something to think about depending on where you're doing your grinding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like Graveyard is probably 
the weakest that it's been in standard in a long time right now. So that's just another thing to consider. Um, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Ooze, Ooze is interesting. Ooze might actually kind of ironically end up being a sideboard card in aggro matchups because it tends to be pretty good, especially in matchups where you expect them to grind a little bit. Like, like um, you know, yeah, mono green versus gruel, I think is a surprisingly okay place to run some oozes. Our, so this is the other part I always want to get to when stuff gets banned for being OP. Uro was a particularly egregious card that made spot removal horrible. So is spot removal good yet? We, we've talked about this with every ban announcement. And I think there's a, like, spot removal is not good against Omnath. They usually gain four life and draw a card. And you had to put in a card. And is this sounds weird. But that is as close to good as spot removal has been in a while because at least the 4-4 and the endless mana engine is off the battlefield, right? Yeah, it's true. Well, yeah. And and here's the thing like I think part of it depends on what else the deck plays. So, for example, I think spot removal can be decent when your opponent's deck isn't playing that many important creature threats. So, you might just accept the loss of, of card advantage when it's like, well, I need to kill Cobras, I need to kill Omnaths. That's kind of it, right? Like, that's kind of all I'm worried about from the opponent's deck. Then it might be worth it to just take the hit. Um, the problem comes that if people are still just Felidar retreating it up, or, um, mm. you know, if people are still Shock Typhooning, you know, doing all of this other stuff, then it's your... your one-for-one one removal is still going to ultimately be pretty bad. So I think that, that it really just depends on the actual texture of like what the threats are in the format. But I mean, I totally agree. Like If you're a deck running red against Omnath, like what, are you not going to bring in your you know Thundering Rebuke? Like, no, I think you probably just still need that card. Because mm-hmm. because letting the Omnath stick is just so costly for you. So... Yeah, I think I agree. I think spot removal takes an uptick, but I don't think it's like, I don't think Omnath being out of the format suddenly makes spot removal playable, you know? I do, I do. Like, I was ready for it, man. (laughs) If if they banned Omnath, and you take Omnath out of these decks, and you put in Felidar Retreat, that's so much more interesting and fun to me. Oh, yeah. Like, that's a cool card with serious downside that can usually generate some advantage the turn you play it. Compared to, like, Omnath, when you play a retreat and you play a passage, you might get two cats. But if the opponent removes it, then all you have are two cats. Oh, I was ready, man. It's it's a really balanced card for standard. Like, I really like the design. I think it's strong enough to make you want to play it. And like you said, it's weak enough to make you have to really build around it properly. So... Really, really cool card. Um, really glad that people have been playing it, and I do hope that there might be life after Omnath for the card. Because yeah, it's, it's really cool. I think it's it's people are calling it the fixed field of the dead, and mm-hmm. I think that's not a bad comparison to be honest. Um, and it says a lot about how busted field of the dead was that it took a four mana do nothing enchantment to replace it. <laughs> <laughs> Fixed. <laughs> Strap it onto a four mana do nothing enchantment. Can you imagine a four mana quote unquote do nothing enchant- enchantment, but with all the Omnath abilities? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, Omnath is oh, anything God, but a do nothing, up. my friend. That's for sure. Omnath yeah. is officially a do something. Do everything. Do everything. So, so yeah, I don't know. I I think that that's kind of the the texture of the format. But let's review what we've said so far. So. These Omnath decks are still a thing. We're still going to see them. It's possible they're still just going to be the best thing to be doing in the format. We haven't seen any compelling evidence to suggest otherwise. Um, control gets, you know, a couple of percentage points better, but probably isn't substantially better. Same thing for aggro. Um, Rogues seems to maybe get one of the biggest boosts from the Omnath, um, I mean, from the Oro ban. I don't yeah. know though. Let's talk about that a little bit more. Sure. So, so a way so now that Oro's not in the deck, like is that a green light for us? Or does Rogues just still struggle against Omnath just because Omnath is busted? What's your hand? If if you can go creature into creature into counter counter, then you're probably gonna win that game. So we have to see how consistent that is. I, I think it's reasonable. I've had enough games with rogues under my belt to feel like I'm doing it. And those games, some of the games that you lost were the ones where your clock is medium, but they're bringing back Uro, so that eats up a counter spell. And then the next turn, you don't have the counter for the Omnath, and then they start gaining four life and making mana, and then you lose. So it's a lot better if you only have to focus in on killing the Cobra or countering the Omnath, and then the rest of the time you're clocking your opponent and they have to figure out how to resolve their five-mana tap-out sorceries or seven-mana sorceries, then yeah, we're playing the right game. So I think Rogues has a shot, and I'm interested to see how it turns out. So I'm still, I'm still optimistic that Rogues now not milling the opponent into their amazing plan C that can grind them out is good. But... We do still need to clock the opponent, which is hard if you don't draw Soaring Thought Thief. Like that card is incredibly important for that job. And Rankle is the other one where it's like you really want to play creature, creature, counter, counter, then Rankle. Like that's your actual curve. Yes. Yeah. Creature, creature, counter, counter, Rankle, finish the job. Yeah. And I think one of the things that you're indirectly highlighting here is just the overall power level of the Rogues deck is low. So it's one of these decks that gets a lot of its power from interacting in the right way at the right time. But it's one of those decks where, you know, if you just line the cards up against other decks, they are a little weaker in general. So, <laughs> yeah, I think the rogues list is all going to be about um, coming up with the right 75 and really judging the tempo of the format and really figuring out the uh, kind of most tactical angle of attack versus Omnath. So I think it's a fun puzzle. I think it's definitely going to reward like experience. It's going to reward people who really sit down and have a long think about the list and, you know, line up the number of flyers and lofty denials they have, think about the rogue density in the deck. Like, I think all of that kind of stuff is really, really important to get the most out of a list like this. And it reminds me a lot of the Simic Flash deck where it was kind of like, again, it was in many ways somewhat of a weak deck, but in the hands of a really good pilot and with the right tweaks for the metagame, it could look like one of the stronger decks in the format. So that's, that's kind of where I put it in this current format. 
Yeah, I think that's a good way to look at it. Mm-hmm. What else? What else is on your mind for things to play? I mean, it's it's new standard now, man. There's something's been banned. There's a new format. What are you gonna play? What are you gonna do with it? That's the problem. It just doesn't feel like a new format. <laughs> You're right. That is the problem. That's that's Nailed it. it. You got it. <laughs> I'm not. It's like, what does this band feel like? This band feels like okay. I feel like I was in a car accident, and I feel like I broke both of my legs and both of my arms. And they like slapped a wrist cast on me and were like, how do you feel now? Like, okay, well, I still feel broken. (laughs) I mean, thanks. Thanks. It's a start, right? Good stuff. (laughs) Good stuff. (laughs) Yeah, but I'm just, yeah, I'm not like, I didn't see the ban announcement and get my juices flowing. You know what I mean? Like there's, mm. there's nothing's feeling particularly possible today that didn't feel possible yesterday. So it's one of the reasons I'm kind of struggling to like come up with like really juicy things to tell our listeners right now. You know, it's like, I, I really wish I could offer something that felt really substantial and exciting, but to be honest, it's just not that exciting of a ban. Why? Why do people feel the need to... I I think people like being right more than campaigning for what is good because Mm. a lot of people are on board with, like, yep, they have to do the Euro thing to make money. And I have trouble accepting that course of logic because now more than ever, there are other formats. You can play Euro in Historic, Brawl, Commander. You can play Euro on MTGO in Pioneer, Legacy, Vintage, Friendly challenges, commander. I so this idea that we have to sell standard with these cards. I know that standard is a widely played format, but I was under the impression that commander is more widely more widely played. I've also yeah. heard the argument that these OP cards exist not for standard but for another audience. And yeah. if that is true, why do we have to destroy standard with them? Like, why can't we say, oops, this card is everything we ever learned was bad for the game. We never should have designed it. Everything the last year has taught us is that this is going to be a problem. So why can't we just be done with it? I mean, it's a great question. I I mean, hey, if... If in order to do what they wanted to do, they had to print like one Omnath each set and then just ban it a week in, I'd be totally fine with that. It would be Mm -hmm. a bit of a weird way to go about designing sets. But I mean, we all know, or at least we all feel like we have an idea of what's going on anyway. And so at least just kind of formalize it and do it that way. So I would be totally fine with them saying, look, we printed Omnath for Commander, um, or to be playable in modern, and as a result, we just have to ban it immediately in standard. Like, I think that's a fine way to go about your card game if you're transparent about it. But I think one of the things that annoys me is this pattern of like, you guys know why we did this, and we know why we did this, and we're going to do this whole song and dance for the next two months, and everyone's just going to have to hate it. And then finally, we're going to do the right thing, and everyone's going to be like, yeah, we all, it's just like, Everyone knows what's going on. Everyone on all sides of the equation knows. And for me, the main question is, like, I think they're going to keep doing it if the money is there, right? 
So mm. I think the main way that we stop them from doing this is by not playing standard, you know, and and not like, which which is what I've been doing, <laughs> because frankly I've just played a lot less standard because I don't like it. Um, so I think that unless it actually hits them in the bottom line, unless they actually look at their numbers and say, you know what, Magic's been selling less as a result of this decision, then I, I don't know that anything's going to change in that pattern. So. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, it's yeah. not. I, I, I can't argue with the take. Leaves a standard-focused content creators in a bit of a pickle. So It does. I, 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 I had that crusade where I put Teferi in all my decks until it would get banned, right? Like, I put in Mono Red. Mono red to fairy. Not kidding. That was a deck. Played it. <laughs> so you should try mono red omnath, man. I, I I I've already had the DMs, man. <laughs> <laughs> like people are sliding into the DMs to be like mono red omnath when you know we do what we got to do. We must get this sucker banned. But, yeah, man. Just four cultivates and all of your mono red decks. Let's go. <laughs> Culti- mana fixings for the weak man you, know, you just you just run those pathways pathways baby. there we you go just follow pathways. the pathway of least resistance <laughs> oh baby i love it that's that was their agenda all along right mm-hmm. so yeah man it's uh it's a cynical spot i mean magic's in a cynical spot right now and um I just have to say it because I'm sure it's on everyone's mind. Like, I think it's just a lot of boardroom politics happening right now. I genuinely don't think that Wizards is designing 100% the game they want to be designing. Um, I don't. I think that play design knows exactly what they're doing. Um, okay, so let's compare. <laughs> let's compare a card like Oko to a card like Omnath, right? Mm-hmm. It's a little hard to believe, but I do believe that play design just didn't really consider how strong Oko was going to be. I yes. think I think that there was some amount of oversight in the design of that card. They knew that they knew it was a powerful card. Like they 100% were trying to push it. It was the most powerful card in an already very powerful set. So they knew it was strong. But I re- I do believe them when they say, "You know what? We just kind of messed up on that card." No one can read Omnath and think that there was any kind of not knowing what was going on. Like, it's just not, it's just unbelievable. Like, no one would believe you, right? Um, it's obviously a busted card. Like, it's not, you know, it's like half of the Magic player base didn't even necessarily think Oko was going to be that good. You know, I mean, like, find find me the content creator who who, before that card was released, was like, this is the most powerful Planeswalker ever. No one said that, right? Whereas with Omnath, it's it was obvious, you know, like you look, you're like, this is one of the best creatures ever printed. I mean, yeah. like make creatures great again, yeah. Like this is one of the strongest cards. Like people are going to be hack playing like this. me. A hack like me took one yeah. look at the card. Yeah. <laughs> oh I mean, my it's goodness. just it's an obviously busted card. So yeah, like play design's not going to be able to publish some sheepish like we just didn't know, guys. You know, I guess we just didn't test it enough. So. Obviously, they printed it to to push the cardboard, right? They printed it to push the sales. And I think the question is, like, how far can they take that? And, you know, like, for how long is that going to be good for that bottom line? It's, I mean, you know, they have the numbers, they have the economics. 
clearly they seem to think this is the best way to do it. But I struggle to imagine that it's is really going to be successful. Like I, I struggle to imagine that people are playing as much standard now and buying as many packs on Arena as they might have otherwise. So, from my view as a content creator, I this is usually bread and butter time. The first two, few weeks after new sets come out, we play the new cards. Yeah, dude, I've. Like, the views are where they usually are in a stale stand. Ouch. Like, yeah, people are not caring. And maybe it's because I'm more focused on Omnath, because that's obviously the thing to do, and my brand is more of what is going on in Mythic than some other content creators. But it's it's already a bit of a hit. Mm -hmm. It's kind of... And it's very frustrating to see, but there's not a lot to do with it. Like, I tried... Mutate Scoot Swarm, Scoot Mob, Scoot Swarm in ranked. You know, that didn't really bring them back. It's kind of a just another take on ramp, really. And you're just waiting for Omnath yeah. to do it. Same, same deck, right? <laughs> I, it's, yeah. it's the way that people see it. There are people who think that card's a problem. You know, <laughs> I know. But that, that, uh, oh, my goodness. But I know. Whew, here's the thing. And this is, in my opinion, the worst part about all of this. If you read the announcement... And you can go read it. It's on Daily MTG, September 28th, 2020. Banned and restricted announcement. Was there data on what per, per, what win rate these cards, these decks put up? No. 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 Was there any justification of any kind? Was there any commentary about the balancing and design of Omnath or Uro of any kind? No. Was there any acknowledgement of the financials, like Uro being a 50-some dollar card? Just nothing. There was nothing. There was... Yeah. And I don't... I mean, When I say that I feel like something's fake, I'm not pinning it on the author. Somebody had to write this thing. So uh, this is not a shot at Ian Duke by any stretch of the imagination. Somebody had to go out there and do this. But it just comes off as a fake attempt at empathy... When yeah. you say that you're trying to remove this card for the health of the format and so that people can have fun playing with new cards. When you release something that was obviously just to bust this thing in half and you don't even really address it. You don't even discuss it. At least with Oko, we had some amount of conversation going. You know, I, it, it was revealed in like some article that they'd never really considered how it plussing on the opponent stuff would be as disruptive as it was. And you're like, you know, I actually get it. If you're going to play design, you're going to sit down and think about how this interacts with your deck yeah. a good amount of the time. Especially a card like Oko that's very proactive, not a, a usually read as a reactive card. It's like, I can buy that. There was no conversation in this announcement whatsoever about why Omnath is the way it is. Omnath is the way it is because we wanted it this way and you deal with it. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's it. There's, there's no defense because there isn't a defense, <laughs> right? You just, you can't come up with one. It's, and it's heartbreaking. Yeah, it's agreed Because we... Yeah, we give a lot of ourselves to this game. Content creators, players, everybody who's been involved with it for decades, like many of us have been, like we we really give an obscene amount of our brain power over to this game. Just ask our significant others. 
if you want if you want the story of uh, magic widows out there. Um, but and in response, we get here's Omnath. Deal with it. Yeah, you're not ha- you're not having fun. Fine. Yeah, it's just I don't know. It bothers me because I feel like <laughs> okay, like Bone Crushers sold enough packs, right? Like. The Great Henge sold enough packs. Embercleave sold packs. That's fine. And it's like, we can get... There's a more nuanced discussion around those cards. But, you know, Embercleave's not getting banned in modern. So, I think that there's plenty of design space to make strong cards that are going to be good in standard that are kind of obviously from the outset not necessarily going to have to be banned and are not necessarily going to be a problem in any other format like we don't need to go from where standard was a couple of years ago to printing the companions like we just didn't need that kind of a jump in power level you know and that's one of the things that bothers me it's like omnath just didn't need to be as good as it was i i I kind of don't get it it's like it's like why do they need to release cards that are 150 percent powerful when 110 was already fine like these cards were powerful, man. Like, Nyssa was really powerful. And I'm sure that Nyssa sold a lot of packs of Magic cards, and it didn't get banned. And I agree with that. I mean, like, Nyssa was sucked, and it was probably the strongest card in the format. But some card has to be the strongest card, and a card like Nyssa was fine. But cards like Omnath are not fine. So I, I don't really understand, like... And it kind of makes me wonder, like, people talk about Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! and some of these other games and some of the pitfalls that they've fallen into, and it makes me wonder if, you know, upper management in Hasbro is looking at these other card games and being like, you know, how how have people pushed the profits in, in the space? It, it's cynical, but that's what I'm thinking about. I see dollar signs in the eyes of people who don't work at Wizards of the Coast in these decisions. I agree. You're right. Yeah. So it's just, it's frustrating because, okay, it's frustrating because Magic has been such a profitable game for so long. And I just kind of feel like, shouldn't that be enough? Like, shouldn't it just be enough that this is already a wildly successful game? Shouldn't we just like look at what's been working? Look at the fact that sales are growing. Look at the fact that Arena is a really successful game and just be like, great, you know, like keep doing that. There are so many ways they can make money out of this game. The secret lairs are fine. You don't have to buy a secret lair if you don't want to, you know? You're opening a can of worms with the one they announced today. Oh, yeah? What's uh, what's happening today? You didn't see? No, no, I missed it. <laughs> oh, I, do we even want to go down this rabbit hole? Okay. <laughs> Tell you what, you can look into this more and we can talk about it more on the next episode if you want to. But this okay. is the Arena Craft Podcast. This isn't an arena thing. I'm just going to put it out there quickly. Secret Lair, two cards from Walking Dead. Negan and Michonne, each as creatures, legal in Eternal Formats and Commander. Oh, so they just printed two new cards into Eternal Formats? And are selling them through Secret Lair. Yep. Oh, all right. That's kind of messed up. Yeah. Okay, you you can look at it more. Maybe we'll come back to talk about that. But the casual, the the competitive Twitter is on fire over what we've talked about for an hour. Yeah. The casual is on, are are in flago over this Walking Dead thing, man. Yeah, like, that's, it is big. That's kind of messed up. 
especially since these these uh secret layers tend to be like super limited run right yep i'm really sorry also to just jump that in there while you were making a very good point <laughs> but i knew that if i let you get away with it there would be people coming after you for saying secret layers are fine because of today's announcement no, good good job cgb you you averted me walking straight into that manhole so <laughs> i appreciate that but there's a ton of ways to make magic uh, to make money with magic and i just don't understand why we have to do it this way so yeah, yeah it, it kind of bothers me i almost feel like if the CEO of Hasbro is listening to this, look into it a bit further, dude. Talk with some more people at Wizards. There are other ways to make money in this game. That's all I'm saying. Do you think do you think that we're just of that age where like the generation before us had this happen when they heard a clash song in a Levi's commercial? Like like our our beloved childhood self-expression mechanism is now at the at the age where it's now getting corrupted by the corporate machine is that is that what life has become i mean i don't know i think to answer that question we need to line up some like zoom arena players and ask them how much fun they're having with omnath N- not a bad idea my my youtube comment suggests not much <laughs> <laughs> well that's what i'm saying is like i don't see anyone defending it right i don't see anyone on twitter being like Nah, you know, y'all are just some boomers. Omnath is the way. Like, I, I don't see that, right? Show me that person. I'm, I mean, I'd be interested to hear that take. I really would. Yeah, Crokies refuses to play it. And if you want to hear an angry Scotsman talk about Magic the Gathering, you can watch his VOD from today <laughs> before it gets muted. That's it. I mean, who are all the Zoomers watching? Crokies, right? He's, I'm, I'm sure he's like the most watched by Zoomers uh, Magic streamer. He's got to be. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's just, and, and good on him, by the way. I, I really feel like for this set, Crokies has been the hero we needed. Um, so I, I really, really appreciate that. He's, you know, like, <laughs> this is his livelihood, and he's taking a pretty strong stance. And he is, I mean, I'm sure that there's plenty of people on his stream who want to watch him play Omnath. And there are plenty of people who want him to be number one on the ladder. And so for him to basically say, look, I'm going to compromise all of that because I just hate this card, I think is a pretty strong stance. And so I really appreciate seeing that from him. I understand. I don't know if I have the strength. (laughs) I mean, for me, it's just weakness. (laughs) I just look at the card and I feel weak and then I just don't play, don't play standard. That's basically what's happened for the Arjuna man. So anyway, um, well, that brings us to about an hour. So I think it's probably a good place to wrap this up. I wish that we had less cynical things to say right now, but I think that we're both just kind of feel a little tired by the whole situation. I hope the audience, maybe if you're feeling the same, can have a cathartic experience listening to two magic players lament the developments in the game and just kind of understand that we don't wake up in the morning to complain, but your feels are your feels, and these hot take reaction shows as content creators are an important part of the menu. So if you enjoyed the show and you feel in some way the way that we did and maybe had a little bit of fun listening to us, make sure to leave a review or a comment or jump in the Discord and send a message. I know Arjuna really appreciates it, and... uh Yeah, uh, what I said on my YouTube video is that from now until it is gone, the 
the like kind of under the table handshake is going to be two simple words. Ban Omnath. Yep. That's that's how you get let into the cool kids party, right? You just you walk up to the door, you whisper those two words in someone's ear, and they're like, all right, this kid's in. <laughs> so yep. Um so yeah, in the meantime, I'm going to be doing a lot of not sleeving up Omnath in my magic decks. Unless I crack them in limited, in which case, let's go, baby. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for joining us for this bonus episode. Um, you can find us in all the usual places. CGB on, on YouTube and Twitch. Arena Craft Podcast in all of the places. And we will catch you next week. Ban Omnath. Ban Omnath.